Hey there, I'm Matt Walker, the host of the Choir Director Corner podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited you are here. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about a one-of-a-kind online resource for choir directors, and it's called the Choir Director Corner Community Membership. This membership was designed to give you the training, the resources, the support, and the community you need to be successful in your teaching. Inside the membership, you'll find online courses, which will help you polish your current skills, as well as learn some new strategies and techniques, a PDF resource library with over 50 PDFs and Google Docs that you can use in your daily teaching and workflows, monthly collaboration calls where you can ask questions, get feedback, and collaborate with choir directors just like you, and access to our recommended repertoire videos and repertoire lists. There's even a private Facebook group which gives you another place online to collaborate with other choir directors and ask questions. Being a choir director doesn't have to be a DIY endeavor. It's so much better when it's done together. So head on over to choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership and join us in the Choir Director Corner community membership. There's even a seven day free trial where you can get inside the membership and check it out. Again, that's choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership. All right, on with today's episode. And hello, my friends, and welcome to the Choir Director Quarter Podcast. My name is Mount Walker. I am your host. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for today's episode. Well, when this episode comes out, we are now officially in summer. So I hope you are enjoying your summer so far. I hope you are fine finding some time to relax, to recharge, do a lot of the things that maybe you just don't have time to do during the crazy school year. And even though we're in summer and we're not maybe teaching every single day now, we're still kind of thinking about our work, right? There are still topics that come up that we're always thinking about, even in the summer. And one of those topics is repertoire. And I had the opportunity to see several different choir performances this spring. I was actually in a couple of different choir performances. And of course, our own choirs in our, in our own program were performing as well. And as I was listening to all these choirs, I was gathering repertoire ideas. And so today on the podcast, after all of those performances and hearing all these great, wonderful choirs, I am sharing with you six repertoire ideas that you should consider for next fall and beyond. Because I know your mind has gone there, right? I know you're sitting and it's just kind of percolating in the back of your brain. What am I going to program for next year for my choirs? And maybe you haven't gotten into the the deep dive process yet, but you just got some ideas sort of swimming around in your brain, right? Well, here are six ideas to sort of add to your collection of thoughts as you start to think about programming for your choirs. So these six ideas, there's two bass choir ideas, two treble choir ideas, and then two SA 
TB. So there's a mix. So if you've got maybe one ensemble and not the other, that's okay. There's going to be some ideas here for you today on the podcast. So I'm going to start with bass choir. And so the first piece I want to share with you is called Kin. And this is composed by Timothy Takash. And it's a song of camaraderie, uh, celebrating the joyful spirit and energy that exists when a group of tenors and basses get together to sing. You know, there's always a wonderful sense of community when you uh, get singers together. But I think when you get tenors and basses together, there's something unique about it and something wonderful and maybe a little bit crazy, right? And so this piece is all about that. It's a TV piece that's extremely accessible. It has a text that your singers are easily going to relate to. And the ranges of the piece are great for younger singers. It, you know, I call it a TB, but that B is really more of a lyric baritone. And when the tenor part does go low for those young tenors, it's always going to be doubled by the baritone part. So they're receiving help from the baritones on that. So it helps the tenors with the uh, lower part uh, in their in their voice, but then also with the B part, there's not anything that's extremely low. So uh, Takash has done a wonderful job of keeping the ranges uh, very reasonable and sort of in in the zone, as I like to say, of these young voices. The piano part does have some tricky spots, has some triplets in it, and so maybe give your accompanist a little extra time to work on this one if you decide to program it. So that is called Kin, K-I-N, by Timothy Takash. The next bass clef piece I wanted to share with you is called Crossing the Bar, and this comes from comes from Matthew and Shelley Armstrong. Now, this is a three-part, it's a T-B-B piece, so this is a piece where if you don't have many tenors, this might be uh, a piece that you consider because it's got more uh, opportunities for those baritones and basses. Now, this piece is pretty much homophonic throughout. It often doubles vocal parts. So uh, the baritones are double the tenors or the basses are doubling the baritones. And it has very accessible ranges, again, for your young singers. But it also has a text and what I would describe as a dramatic intensity that will engage your more experienced singers as well. Very rhythmical phrases and dynamic contrast make this a dramatic and exciting piece. And it's a piece with another piece with a fun piano accompaniment. Again, maybe a bit challenging. So again, give your accompanist a little extra time to look at this one. So this is called Crossing the Bar from Matthew and Shelley Armstrong's. Two wonderful bass clef choir pieces that you should really think about for your choirs next year. Now looking at the treble clef choirs. And so the first piece I want to share with you comes from Jocelyn Hagen, and this is called I Started Out Singing. It's mostly two-part, and there's some unison singing. has a very small section of three-part. So if you've got a relatively inexperienced uh, treble clef choir, 
this is going to be a great piece for them. But again, uh, kind of like crossing the bar, it's also got a maturity to it as well. So even if your group is a little bit more experienced, they're still going to enjoy it. They're still going to relate to this piece. It's a beautiful piano part. It was very supportive of the singers. And this is a piece that really celebrates a life of song and has lots of imagery of youthful joy and wonder. So that is I Started Out Singing from Jocelyn Hagen. The next treble clef choir piece is called Spes by Mia Markaroff. Now, this one is a little bit more challenging. So if you've got uh, a treble choir that is up to the challenge of taking on four parts, taking on something that's a little bit more rhythmic, this might be right up your alley. This is four-part acapella. It is mostly homophonic does have fairly reasonable ranges, although I would say the alto 2 part gets pretty low. So if you've got some alto 2s that really love to dig into that low register, then this is definitely something that will be right up their alley. This joyful work combines two texts about hope. One is in Latin, and then the other one is in Sami. And so this piece talks about how humility and wisdom can lead to peace and understanding. It's upbeat, and yes, it is a bit of a challenge, but your singers will willingly take on that challenge because it is so fun to sing. So that is Spes by Mia Markaroff. And finally, we have two repertoire ideas for your SATB choirs. The first is called Balia di Sehu. This is composed by a Rubin composer, Eduard Topenberg, and then arranged by Rufo Odor. And it's a piece that you can find on the Earth Songs publishing website. So here's what they have to say about this piece. The language of Balia di Sehu is Papiamento, a mixed language containing elements of African, Portuguese, Spanish, English, and Dutch. It is the native tongue of Caraco, Bonaire, and Aruba. The Sehu is a harvest dance, which is sung in April or May when it is time to harvest the corn. The dancers, who often decorate themselves with parts of the harvested corn, form two lines facing each other with the corn between them. The dancing lasts for long periods of time, often all day and all night. So you can tell by this description of the piece. Again, something that is very joyful, very upbeat, and as you can imagine, very dance-like. And it also has some percussion parts as well. So if you have some percussionists that you could feature, this would be a great piece for that. So that is Balia di Sehu from the Earth Songs website. And our second piece for your SATB choirs is Can We Sing the Darkness to Light from Kyle Peterson. This piece has reasonable ranges and limited divisi, quite a bit of homophonic texture and or doubling of parts. So in some ways, helping those singers that maybe are a little bit less experienced. But it's a piece that is very relatable to our current world. And the text imagines a world that is focused less on passing judgment and more on mercy and compassion. This is an absolutely beautiful, stunning 
piece, and I would highly recommend this one. Again, it's another piece that has a somewhat challenging piano part. So giving your accompanist a little extra time to look at this one. But your singers will love this one. This is Can We Sing the Darkness to Light from Kyle Peterson. Now, if you'd like to learn more about these pieces, I'm going to be posting links over on my website. So more information about each piece, a link to where you can hear a performance of the piece so that you can learn more about each of these and then add these to your collection of potential ideas for your choirs. So you can find that information over on my blog. That will be at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash blog. So along with repertoire, one of the topics that it seems like choir directors are always thinking about, even in the summer, is how to recruit more singers and grow your program. In fact, it's one of the topics that I receive the most questions on from our members in our Choir Director Corner community membership. So because of this, I am going to be teaching a new live workshop next week. If you're listening to this re this episode when it comes out this will be Tuesday June 28th through Thursday June 30th and this workshop is called creating a plan for growing your choir program so in this workshop I'm going to be sharing the process that I used to grow my choir program by almost 40 percent in just three years and so I will help you create your own plan for growing your choir program and I even share some of my favorite recruiting strategies for recruiting and retaining more singers. So if you'd like more information on this workshop, head on over to choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash grow your program. That's all one word. And I will make sure I put a link in the show notes. It's totally free and I hope to see you there. Well, that's it for today's episode, my friends. I hope this episode of the podcast has given you some ideas to percolate in the back of your brain as you start to think about programming for your choirs for next fall and beyond. If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a big favor, head on over to wherever you listen to your podcasts and give the podcast a five-star rating and review. This is going to help me find more choir directors and help me in my goal of helping as many choir directors as possible. Well, thanks so much. I hope your summer is going well. And until next time, keep being awesome. Are you looking for resources that will save you time and frustration? Want to dive deeper into topics related to your teaching? Then check out the Choir Director Corner community membership over at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership.